Hello, audience. Uh, Madge here, lesbian on the internet. I, I normally, uh, well, I was ready to produce this show. I had it all ready, almost, except for the end. Ooh, that's a stinky. And uh, well, I know it haven't smelled it yet, but I know it will be. Um, but then I saw uh, that an acquaintance of mine died. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this person because um, it's somebody I actually knew and who was a uh, very important filmmaker. And I don't do obituaries ever. I think it's stupid. Oh, that's a terrible fart. Um, but anyway, the but I actually knew this person and he did influence me quite a bit. So I'm just going, I'm not going to get all into it. It's Nick, his, his, the, the person who died is Nick Zed, who was a, a filmmaker and the uh, founder of what's known as the Cinema of Transgression, which was founded, I think, in 84 or 85, um, you know, with the people in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, that people like Richard Kern, Kembra uh, Fowler, Lydia Lunch. I think he dated Lydia Lunch. I've read... Uh, his books, uh, one of his books, I can't remember which one. I want to say Totem of the Depraved. I'm not sure. Uh, but And he's written, he's made a lot of films, mostly short films. But you can read all about that on his Wikipedia. I wanted to read two things, though. So, of course, it's not ready. Motherfucker, where was it? Oh, yeah. So he wrote a, a manifesto in 1984 called the uh, Manifesto for the Cinema of Transgression. Then he wrote another manifesto in 2013 called the Extremist Manifesto. So I want to read both, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about him. I did, It's weird, though. He In his Wikipedia entry, there's nothing about the film I worked with him on, which was called Other People's Mirrors in 2001, I think. And I was the director of photography for that, and Art Vamp made that film. Uh, I'm not sure why it's not in his Wikipedia. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, and I did work on him, with him uh, quite a bit. I, I helped him make his trailers and stuff like that, um, which maybe I'll dig up and post somewhere at some point. I don't know. Uh, so, okay, so first I'm going to read the... So this is the Cinema for of Transgression Manifesto, 1984, by Nick Zed. We who have violated the laws, commands, and duties of the avant-garde, i.e. to bore, tranquilize, and obfuscate through a fluke process dictated by practical convenience, stand guilty as charged. We openly renounce and reject the entrenched academic snobbery which erected a monument to laziness known as structuralism, structuralism and proceeded to lock out those filmmakers who possessed the vision to see through this charade. We, were, we refused to take their easy approach to cinematic creativity, <clears throat> an approach which ruined the underground of the 60s when the scourge of the film school took over, legitimizing every mindless manifestation of sloppy movie making undertaken by a generation of misled film students, the dreary media arts centers and geriatric Cinema critics have totally ignored the exhilarating accomplishments of those in our rank, such as underground invisibles as Zed, Kern, Turner, Clemen, Delanda, Eros, and Mare, and Direct Art LTD, a new generation of filmmakers daring to rip out of the stifling straitjackets of film theory in a direct attack on every value system known to man. We propose that all film schools be blown up and all boring films never be made again. 
we propose that a sense of humor is an essential element discarded by doddering academics and further that any film which doesn't shock isn't worth looking at. All values must be challenged. Nothing is sacred. Everything must be questioned and reassessed in order to free our minds of the faith of tradition. Intellectual growth demands that risks be taken and changes occur in political, sexual, and aesthetic alignments no matter who disapproves. We propose to go beyond all limits set or prescribed by taste, morality, or any other traditional value system shackling the minds of men. We pass beyond and go over boundaries of millimeters, screens, and projectors to a state of expanded cinema. We violate the command and law that we bore audiences to death in rituals of circumlocution and propose to break all the taboos of our age by sinning as much as possible. There will be blood, shame, pain, and ecstasy, the likes of which no one has yet imagined. None shall emerge unscathed. Since there is no afterlife, the only hell is the, the hell of praying, obeying laws, and debasing yourself before authority figures. The only heaven is the heaven of sin, being rebellious, having fun, fucking, learning new things, and breaking as many rules as you can. The act of courage is known as transgression. We propose transformation through transgression to convert, transfigure, and transmute into a higher plane of existence in order to approach freedom in a world of full of unknowing slaves. So that's the first one. But he was so uh, influential to me in that, Nick said you've never heard of him, I'm sure. And the reason is because he didn't compromise at all. He didn't do anything to become famous. He just did his own thing, which of course, because he stayed true to his transgressive nature, it didn't it never got famous because he you know the people that get famous they have to they have to um compromise in some way their values they have to in or you know maybe a little bit maybe somewhat but you can't stay 100% true to yourself and get famous and get rich not in this world not in this capitalist society economy and for me, that was inspirational because that he inspired me to not compromise myself and also not get famous. Okay, so the next one is the the the, the last one also. This is the extremist extremist manifesto, which I honestly didn't even know about till now. But I'm going to read it anyway. I've never read it. Um, again, March seventh, two thousand thirteen. And he had already moved. He decided that the Lori side, New York, had turned into bullshit, so he moved to Mexico City. Okay, now that contemporary art, a system that stands for privilege, nepotism, and political connections is finally dying, get out of the fucking way. We who have been locked out of your galleries, museums, and art halls, ignored, reviled, and cast aside for having convictions and belonging to the wrong class, are the voice of the future. We spit on the fashionable insignificance of today's culture. We puke on moderation, a generation's fashionable irony and deliberately boring contemporary art. We shit on your chronic timidity and your tamed and domesticated notion of what art can be. The time has come for a rupture, a break, and an honest method of digging our way out of the manure of contemporary art. Your system is spineless and must be replaced. Those who are proud of being imperceptible are lost. Today's gatekeepers remind us that painting is dead, and if that's the case, then so must be photography, movies, 
music, writing, sculpture, performance, and all human creativity. The logical implication of curatorial culture, hierarchical dominance, is the negation and replacement of the individual with a neutered clone. Academia's curatorial class, we are told, are godlike. They determine history. Their choices are showered upon us from above. The fact that breakthroughs in history are the exclusive domain of the amateur, a lone individual who invents and innovates, is beyond the double-think reality tunnel of the insulated curator. Today's curatorial elite have determined that passion, anger, and conviction are replaced with an ironic indifference, a stance of self-removal, an evasion, a retreat into the herd. With sheep-like acquiescence, a generation of followers have emerged with no point of view, afraid to stand for anything, yet pretending to be fearless while hiding behind an ironic indifference that amounts to a compulsion to conform. The follower artist's philosophy is one of capitulation. Through capitulation, the follower is conditioned to anticipate and grovel for the expectation of inclusion into the world of high culture and its attendant material rewards. What the followers, apologists, and their gatekeeping masters fail to understand is the essential non-differentiation between high and low art. Today's smut is tomorrow's fine art. The profane, with the passage of time, becomes sacred. Having suffered under a reactionary ontological hermeneutics for the last 50 years, the extremist movement constitutes an emergent phenomenon which is more than a sum of the processes from which it has emerged. Interpretation theory rewarded by dominant culture would have us believe that history is objective when in fact its subjective nature is based on hierarchical systems of exploitation benefiting a global elite. Extremist art is non-metaphysical based on the senses. It establishes the human body as the ultimate arbiter, the component that allocates wisdom. It, in an empirical sense, extremist art is unified confirmation of one's resistant to, resistance to and transcendence of status quo thinking. The simulation imposed upon us by shadow governments and hidden elites must be exposed and destroyed. That includes a cancerous art establishment based on commerce and the malignant dictums of predatory capitalism that negates individual breakthroughs based on lived experience. Non-referential, non-simulated breakthroughs are accomplished by plunging into life and grabbing it by the balls. This means taking chances, offending people, causing alarms to go off, and generally disturbing the equilibrium in a strategic manner. We are the new extremists, armed with a vision to see through the charade imposed by us by the gatekeepers of consensus reality who manage a mass hallucination we choose to reject. Ours is the art of bad taste which blots out and destroys your system of lies and self-delusion. For too long, the sheep among us have been rewarded for their subservience to a bankrupt system of lies. We shit on God because there are no gods and there never have been. All systems of totalitarian control must be subverted and destroyed. Human freedom demands vigilance and resistance to hierarchies, whether imposed by revolutionaries or counter-revolutionaries. We are for accelerated evolution that supersedes revolution. We are extremists utilizing provocation, enlightenment, hate, and love. We will unite opposites.
Hello, who's this? You. Is this Pearl Banner? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. PB. <laughs> How are you? This is Pearl Banner. PB. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Peanut butter, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. From what? Um. Well, you know, I wake up at 3 a.m. Well, 4.30 and then some days 3 a.m. But I've been watching all of these SAG Award screeners. Mm. And so that's like an extra, you know, one to two hours a day for the last. Oh, shit. Wow. I was supposed to vote before noon. You got to vote? Vote for the SAG Awards. Well, we can vote together if you want. It's, I can't do it now. They stop it exactly at 12. I'm two minutes late. You mean you you don't get counted now? You watch all those movies for nothing? <laughs> I guess so. I don't think they really matter. Um, I didn't get to watch all the movies. And uh, the um, I was up late last night watching um, King Richard. Hmm. Who's she? Uh, did uh, are you familiar with that one with Will Smith? No, Mm-mm. I'm not up okay. on the latest movies for some reason. I, you mentioned some in a chat the other day, and I hadn't heard of any of them. Well, a couple. Like I've seen the Power of the Dog, which was pedo. I saw the other pedo movie, The Licorice Pizza, pedo. And I saw um, what? What? Why is this the year of the pedo yet? You can't do anything like it. Certain things are politically incorrect, but then everything's about pedo. And there, by the way, no more no blacks still. So we're doing Oscars <laughs> so white again. Um, you know, can't say you can't misgender anyone, but pedo, yeah, no problem. Uh, a guy tries to, you know, tries uh, a teenager tries to. Have sex with an old man, a Bradley Cooper. No, was it Bradley Cooper? Was that when? Which movie was that? I'm getting all my. Oh no, I'm getting mixed. Cumberbunch. Cumberbunch. Cumberbunch yeah. tries. To, you know, he tries to fuck him. Feels guilty. Kills him. That's cool. Underage. Uh, licorice pizza. They're fat, but legacy. Seymour Hoffman killed himself. Okay, so his son is going to be in it, uh, and the girl with the big nose. Uh, we're making and Bradley Cooper with a terrible performance in that disaster and then all these characters that don't go anywhere and I'm like god that movie sucked and then I'm like looking at reviews and they're like oh it's wonderful a triumph isn't it great about oh finding yourself I'm like was that the same movie and these people by the way they hated don't look up which I thought was wonderful to see Meryl getting eaten out so I don't know what's going on with movies I don't understand the critics um, I did enjoy some. I mean, I liked the Nightmare Alley. I liked the Never Look Up, but Bradley Cooper. I mean, that licorice. I didn't even. I just. I. I. I don't know what the fuck. I. I. It was like, what the fuck is this? What did you think of that? I mean, the girl's a good actress. I'll give her that. But um, what you know? Then she has a mother, and the mother's involved, and then she just vanishes from the movie. And I felt like they were trying to do like a Tarantino vibe. Or something like he was trying to be quirky, but somebody forgot to hire a writer, maybe because they just mm-hmm. have all these unresolved characters. They interesting looking characters. So I'm like, oh, the mother seems interesting, and then she just kind of vanishes. What are you making all this noise? Are you doing this? To, um, are you trying to, to annoy you? No, you know, no. no, because you know I want to. I want you to know something. I deliberately did not eat 
I'm a little cranky because people don't like eating noises. So I'm not going to eat until this is over. So oh, I feel gosh. like I'm well, suffering. Me, so you should suffer. Well, let me put myself on back on mute. So <laughs> <laughs> what is that noise though? A soda cap? Oh, uh, no, that was a, um, did you get braces? Uh, to- tofu or not tofu um tempeh it was opening up a tempeh oh, it, oh. yeah trader so joe's get, has those tempeh that so you get to I'm eat so but sp- i don't okay well trader joe's mind-boggling mm. has not raised their prices on things at oh, least I didn't know that. where i'm at like you know, Amazon Fresh has raised their prices. They're like inflation. Well, Amazon is broke. You know, they have to send those rockets up. You know, Jeff Bezos has to take apart a bridge to get his new yacht through. They're really hurting, yeah. so they need the money. Yeah. Yeah. But it has a yeah, lot I, of cellophane on it, doesn't it? It has a lot that? of cellophane. Oh, no. I think it's been about now an hour actually, now you're peeling it. It's a soundscape, girl. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. I'm, but, uh, I'm I'm kind of I, you know I'm I'm boring yeah. so I'm kind of like frying it. Oh, like okay. I put some olive oil in the skillet and mm-hmm. like um. Great. You know, yeah. Great. I'm glad I starved but, myself yeah. so I could listen to you eat. Really. You great. should eat something, girl, because you I know can't, people really hate it when about... I eat on the show. They go crazy. And to be honest, I can't even Who listen to it? it. Everyone hates it when I eat. That the though eating sounds are the worst. And I can't even listen to it myself when I eat. It's horrible. Oh, you sound. don't like, but you don't like the eating sounds. Of course not. Nobody doing? likes eating sounds, except for those mukbang crazy people. ESMR. Will you stop it? I don't like drinking sounds either. They're even worse. <laughs> this comes from my childhood. My father used to have the worst eating sounds. And, oh, yeah. And drinking, too. Like when he would drink. I don't know how anybody could drink so no. Even more noisy than like an, a dog drinking water, you would be like, like slurping shit, yeah. But just like soda from a glass, like I get slurping when you're drinking something hot, like a soup, yeah, yeah. or a cup of coffee. But how yeah. do you slurp a glass of water? <laughs> he did. Did he have dental stuff? No, or? no, just Jewish, <laughs> just Jewish. Okay. So, okay. what did, I know you want to talk about Trader Joe's. You've been you've been having some. Well, Trader Joe's. I was just so amazed yeah. that th- that's all. I pretty much. I was just amazed that they did not have um, that they didn't. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like any of their prices were raised. Whereas, but I've you gone were into, fighting with people. Weren't, I thought you were. You had an invasion there. Somebody tried to to like um, oh, recognize well, your I mean, your yourself as a different country or something and they try and then you had a fight or something like that they invaded you right well i'm always very sensitive when i'm perceived like the perception um is always kind of off kind of weird what do you mean so i'm going through i'm shopping i'm well i'm going through i'm shopping and I, mm-hmm. i'm enjoying the fact that the prices haven't raised. The tempe was has been a yeah. dollar ninety nine for at least a few years. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's great. You know, the salmon hasn't gone up. Whereas, you know, bad salmon at like packaged frozen salmon at uh-huh. Amazon Fresh was like four bucks for a uh-huh. pound, and they doubled it. It was like eight bucks a pound within like a week. It's gone down to yeah. Um, anyway, their their prices are all over the place. So I'm going through. I'm grabbing, you know, some tempeh, grabbing some 
um, sweet potato fries, mm. some water, mm. and water. Mm. I'm just kind of moving through, and mm-hmm. I come into mm-hmm. eye contact as I come around the corner with this old Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And she has this look on her face of, like, abject terror. Why? You know? Well, my assumption is she felt afraid of me in that moment for whatever reason. Was it the tempeh or was it the sweet potato fries? <laughs> Couldn't have been the water. It was six foot six foot tall African-American is what oh. she feared. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. So, you know, I was just kind of like, let me keep going. And then I saw her in a different aisle. I was like, oh, let me avoid it. And, you know, let me just get out of here because she seemed like her energy was, you know, low and she was just kind of dawdling through the store shopping. And, you know, maybe it was her only time out that day. And, you know, I'm not, who am I to be like, you know what, bitch, keep it moving what you looking at you know so i didn't do any of that mm. and you know I yeah. kept it really really kind of low-key and um you were cool you know but once i yeah well once i got up to the front of the store mm. i just you know to detach from because uh prior to that I'm, i've been you know i've told you i was you know la- looking for land Mm-hmm. That's put on the back burner because of the economy, the mm-hmm. war, the um, um, climate change. The, the well, the market being like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the housing market. Um, I don't know um, um, how Chicago has been in no, terms of. Fine. Everybody's leaving here because of the crime and the Lori Lightfoot. They don't like the lesbian. Um, so okay. I, I don't think it's comparable here. So go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Oh, really? So they're, they're, it's not really going up like. Well, it people is here. don't like her because she's really ugly. You know, people don't know mm-hmm. this, but um, Lori Lightfoot is the ugliest mayor in the history of the world. <laughs> I mean, not just Chicago. There has never, and I mean, not just today. There has never, going all the way back to like even ancient Egypt, there has never been an uglier person. <laughs> to be the mayor of any city in the history of time in the planet, on the whole planet. She's just saying the universe. and she needs a stylist. Honey, did you see Beetlejuice? <laughs> Remember those those people on the chair with the shrunken heads? That's her. She looks, no, she looks like our gang. She, like, oh, she she's not like, that pretty. Stop it. Those kids were cute. <laughs> the poor woman is so ugly with that giant forehead and the bug eyes. Little bitty hair, <laughs> tufts of gray hair. She is she, a mess. She is a mess. She looked like Tyra Banks when she got that job, and she's been put through the river. Yeah, you leave her alone. she's a mess. <laughs> she's a sad lady. Poor, poor mayor. Poor mayor. Lightfoot. Well, I, yeah, lesbian. So, so Chicago is not. <laughs> Chicago's <laughs> not really. No. Well, I had a friend who who moved from Florida. Mm-hmm. That's bought me. Bought a a me. um. Me, um, I moved from a Florida. one bedroom. I know you moved from Florida. Oh. But a different. <laughs> I thought you were having because... a brain fart and didn't know you were talking about me. I'm the one who moved to Florida from Florida to Florida. I went well, there this, and I came back. Other... 
Sorry. He, I, well, he moved during COVID, so I don't okay. think that was you. No, that he wasn't moved during me. COVID. I moved my and house. moved back after and bought like bought mm-hmm. a unit, mm-hmm. um, a one bedroom, and I think it mm-hmm. went up like a couple, you know, maybe ten, twenty thousand dollars while he was there, and he sold it and and, and hooked it back on down to Florida. You, um, what do you mean, like a mobile so, home? Oh no! It. Up in up in Rogers Park, over over by. Well, you um, said he hooked it. I thought you meant like hooked it to his trailer oh. hitch or something. Oh, I, <laughs> you know no, mean? that's old old old, old street prostitute. Canterbury old Tales. Street pro- Sorry, <laughs> street old street prostitute uh, talk. Oh, that's Rogers she Park talk. Rogers oh, Park talk. Okay, okay. I don't yes. I don't speak Rogers Park. I've never lived there. <laughs> I don't speak that language. But she 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 got it mm-hmm. uh, when I'm back. So I I always yeah. you know I was just curious. I didn't really I, I saw that there was that much of a yeah a gain in her investment. Interesting. Well, property. I think Rogers Park's been blowing up lately. People like crack. Uh, they just love crack. You know, they love it. They love it. It did, and they yeah, love getting yeah, murdered because it's easier than overdosing or killing yourself. I'm just blown away that. You could actually buy a one-bedroom condominium in Chicago for less than a million. Like anywhere, yeah, anywhere for like a hundred and ten thousand dollars. I think is what he bought it for. Is that right? Oh yeah. But it's in Rogers Park. Mm-hmm. Oh. And but I think it's sold. Well, no, I think he bought it for like maybe around ninety. Mm-hmm. And sold it for about mm-hmm. one ten. Yeah. What am I eating? Oh, I, I was just. Noting that you're eating, I wasn't asking one. I know it's Tempe. <laughs> um, so, you know. um, so the woman in Trader Joe's, as I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm making eye contact with her a second time. I got to keep moving. Uh-huh. So I said, I, I just can't. You know, I really don't need anything else in here. So an African American. Cashier said, "Can I help you?" And I said, "Yes, I thank you. God, you're getting yeah. <laughs> you're getting me away from you know yeah. to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julia uh-huh. Newmar. Let me right. get <laughs> and um, you know we just had this little. I just had this little moment of like you know, well we had this little moment of recognition of that look that African Americans get, and I'm sure you as you know, a, a Jewish person might get a look. That well, you I'm a Jewish lesbian. With an, lesbian. A Jewish lesbian, yeah. right? So you, a, a Dresrian, mm-hmm. you, <laughs> vibration, mm-hmm. and you, you, you have a recognition with other Jewish lesbians, and you're like, oh God, did you experience that? Oh yes. Can somebody pass me an, an everything bagel and mm-hmm. some logs? <laughs> Um, you know, so I'm, we had this moment of like, you know, I said, you know, thank you for rescuing me from, from the Chinaman. And, yeah. Well, not Chinaman. <laughs> no, not Chinaman. And, um, I didn't say that. That lady. That lady. Yeah. And woman. He, he, you know, and he's like, oh yeah. Well, you know, and so we had this mm. little moment of recognition of like, you know, she looked at me and, and, and just within a yeah. second, you know, just behind her 
my my um lightening of my my initial fear because it's scary when i get that look uh-huh. uh, to me so my recognition or just having a light moment of laughing about that moment was you know she might have thought that I was in the Viet Cong in 1964. <laughs> it wasn't born until 1964. Riders in the um, storm. Two of these days were gone. Dun 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 dun. Like that. Right. Like I was there, and I was like, you know, I was choking her father out in their hut in the Viet Cong, and she woke up while I was killing it. You know, and like all of that, she was like recalling in that moment, like it's you. You had skulls hanging all over your little castle in the woods. Exactly. I know. I know. She she hunted me down. But you triggered her. Yeah, I triggered her in some way. Your fault. And I have no idea what that that was, but. You know, we had a little little moment of laughing and, you know, joking about it. And, you know, this recognition of it's scary when someone gives you that look like, you did it! And it's like, you know, bitch, I wasn't even born yet. I'm here getting tempeh and some sweet potato fries, bitch, mm-hmm. and some salsa. I'm trying to get out of this. Yeah, so I can cook it and while my I'm, I'm on the phone with my lesbian doing a gram. And, yeah, I know. Right? Hello? Where'd you go? Did this bitch mute me? Oh, oh, uh-oh. I did. By mistake, I didn't even do that. Now you're really, you're really chewing. Oh, chewing. sorry. Let me turn this off. But then I won't be able to hear you. Or you mean your mouth. Uh, so. So anyway, so yeah. the Trader Joe's. This so I don't know, it. this yeah. sounds like something I heard on an episode of Pet Judge for some reason. Was uh-oh. Was she on Pet Judge? Mm-mm. No, I, think she's a, I think she's a stalker. Mm-hmm. I think she goes around and harasses people everywhere she goes. And then she gets mm-hmm. she wants people to care on her. That's her thing. It's her fetish. Exactly. She wants people yeah. to go to the manager. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I was looking at... Oh, that's why I was talking about land I'm buying. Mm-hmm. So that's put on hold. I'm going to... um. While the market tames, and I'll have a little bit more time to look and and, and plan. Yeah. But I'm looking at apartments that are not where I live right now. Where I live right now is a tiny apartment, and I need some more space. And you own your and apartment so, now, or you rent? The apartment that I'm in right now, mm, yeah, I rent. Okay. And I'm actually looking for something else to rent, uh-huh. and possibly two apartments, and then Airbnb. Mm-hmm. one of them to pay for both of them okay so uh, uh-huh. i'm look, you know and and so yeah the, so that's in process but i was looking at some places in pasadena mm-hmm. um and it, i the one place i was left that you know it was really really nice and a lot of space 900 square feet um, a two-story penthouse that is, um, but, but there's the big but, no parking at that time because they were, you know, they have a set amount of parking spaces and whoever had it. You know. Do you need parking in Pasadena? You can just park. It's. I always think in L.A. you can park wherever you want to. No. 
Well, you do. You you can park on the street. Yeah. But as I was as I was leaving, uh-huh. um, I parked down the street. Someone pulled in front of me, and it was you know <laughs> I didn't think that I had enough space oh, no. to pull this out. Is and awfully familiar. <laughs> and then he got out of the car, and he's mm. like, "Yeah, in your face, bitch!" You know, kind of that type of thing. And guess what? It was a squirrel. It was. No, it was the Asian woman's grandchild. How do you know that? I have no idea, but it seemed like that was like a prequel to her. They just looked enough alike that we were sure. (laughs) Squinty eyes and everything. And she didn't have the squirrel. Are you sure the squirrel wasn't looking on from the nearby tree, snickering? Because I think that's that's why it was on Pet pet Judge. Well, you know, the squirrel. There's a new squirrel in the neighborhood. I don't know if it's the old squirrel. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they all look alike. I'm not racist, you know. Right. Well, people that aren't racist always start their sentences with saying they're not. (laughs) So thank you. Does this squirrel look like another squirrel? Mm. I am so fucking tired. Mm. um, Glad you're eating. mm. Even though I can't. That is so good. Is it over yet? It's, it's, It's done, yeah. Thank God. It is so good. I don't need to know about all that. What are you going to have when you eat? Um, I'm going to eat uh, uh, pussy and cottage cheese. <laughs> you, you did not say a Maalox sandwich. <laughs> no, I did not. That's something you heard in, in your brain. So, so I want to know what happened with your... Does the the old squirrel and the man next door? Did he give you any more trouble? Did he try and rape you? Uh, did oh you see the squirrel again? Any more dead squirrels? What's what's the, what's the tea, as the kids say, on the squirrel nothing, situation? Nothing. There's nothing. no no dead squirrel. Um, uh-huh. The next time I saw the neighbor, um, I was pulling out of a street parking space. Mm-hmm. He was standing on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and I, I'm thinking that because I didn't bring the dead squirrel up, yeah, that he was kind of like in this mood of like, uh, oh, oh, what's going on? Did he mm-hmm. know what I do it? He's like, you know, what is he planning? You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he was like, you can go first, you can drive through first, and I was like, no, no, you can go first. So I let him cross the street as I waited. And I gave him that look like, bitch, I see you. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I got you on my radar. Mm-hmm. Bitch, don't try it again. Right. So he walked across the street. And then a couple weeks later, I don't know how, you know, um, I hear this knock on my door. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think that he was pissed because I wouldn't like engage with him sexually yeah i hear this knock on the door and i go down and i'm like hello you know he's like right your car it's a street cleaning day and blah 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 Mm -hmm. i'm like okay well thank you and then i was you know i was dressed getting dressed and putting my stuff together for my errands because i know on certain were you wearing underwear I had a full I had a full head of hair on and uh, what <laughs> I that's had a it full head of, yeah. no clothes 
I had clothes on. Oh. Today I don't, but at that time I, I did oh, have good. clothes on because I was getting ready to do do errands. How can you be naked? I, I was, can't be naked. There's too much fat everywhere when I'm naked. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be aware of all that. I have to be clothed. To be naked is to be fat for me. I guess maybe you're just not fat. But I'm a, when you're well, fat, you can't be naked. It's just And then things stick to everything. You don't want that to happen. And not to mention the odors. Because, like, if I fart and I'm naked, it smells right away. And it's like it's like farting in the bathtub. You know how it all gets focused? I mean, I like the smell of my own farts like everyone else. Don't get me wrong. But I don't need that to be focused like that, like it's an extreme close-up. Wow. Wow. I don't. Bitch. You just went in. You went in, bitch. Right. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, sure bitch. Anyway, <laughs> you were saying... It's a whole environment about farts, girl. I'm like, oh, it's That's like a no like pun intended. <laughs> okay. So back to the matter at um, hand. So he knocks on the door, and I go down. And I said, "Oh, well, thank you. I'm on my way out. You know, yeah. to do some errands." I'm gonna go. And he was like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what? I'm helping my boyfriend out here. I'm like, what? I'm like. I'm like, I'm not a guy, but you know, what, you know, he, he had that, that mood. Oh, that was the mood. He didn't say that. You were like, no, he didn't. Yeah. Oh, like I'm having my, I'm having my man. My lover. out. Like, he was a little, he sounds like he was tweaking a little. Is this tweaky? He's not tweaky. It's very weird. He's, he's, um, El Salvadorian and you know, he's maybe closer to close to our age. Well, I was just in El Salvador. Those people are homophobic as hell. We were like the only gay people out gay people in the whole, in the whole country. It was weird as fuck. Mm. That's a strange, no wonder he's closeted. That explains it. Yeah. 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 So you raped him. uh, (laughs) <laughs> no, I, okay. I I bid him adieu and said I'm going on to do some errands for our mm. life, girl. Mm. Like keep it together. Get it I'll together, be back woman. with the bounty, bitch. Get and, it together, you know, woman. Keep it together, woman. What you doing <laughs> up here? You know I... <laughs> All my life I've been fighting. So, <laughs> so, so no sex with the name no sex no 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 he's he's well i'm glad though i'm glad it sounds like it worked out so now you have peace right no more drama with that house so they stopped doing the santeria no more dead squirrels but it sounds like now you're a little bored so you want to move and get a worse neighbor so you're headed for chinatown right (laughs) right exactly you want to get yeah i'm yeah i need more space like you know with my acting and stuff for one i need more space to just it's all this self-taping stuff going on uh-huh. right now. You need a studio. Tape yourself. I need more of a studio. Oh, yeah, bigger, I don't. I, I understand you because, like, I just mm. got it. I just switched jobs. Well, I just got a new job. That's why I had to go off social for mm. a while because I was under background check. Thanks, honey. So it's mm. the same shit, but it's it's more money. But the thing is, this nice. new job is a hundred percent remote. So now, like, what I what was temporary is now permanent. Meaning. Working in this little cubby hole, where okay. I got a, like I got a heater. I am I am my I have a space heater yeah. that I have to Me put too. my feet on because like I'm in this the part of the house where my study is is tiny mm-hmm. and it hangs over, 
air and right now it's like 10 degrees outside so like if i have my feet on the floor they're fucking freezing so i have to like rest them anyway uh yeah but yeah i get it but but i want to ask you because you said you were looking at a place that's 900 square feet a two-story penthouse 900 square feet is not big my house is 900 square feet and it's a one bedroom and it's not big so i don't know how you could have a two-story at a 900 square feet i don't get it yeah, it's more of a, a like a loft ish area. Okay. So it's not really like you know, so it's like a oh, part of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got a lot and of so ceiling you have space. Your bed up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, so it's, yeah, I got you. Because they don't really count that vertical air in the square feet. It's just floor. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and mm-hmm. it's twenty three hundred dollars, which is like a year insane. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, $2,300 a month, Dios which is now. insane yeah. because I've I've been living in an under-market rent mm-hmm. unit for like six years, which yeah. I couldn't afford when I moved here. Like, I could afford it when I right. moved here. But I, I, it's it's been great because I've been able to like clear up debt mm-hmm. and, you know, do a lot of different things and, you know, right. move some some notches forward with my mm. life and oh i love notches. when i couldn't <laughs> I'm, so I'm so hungry exactly well you know you're well it's but your question audience. though I, I imagine you have huge windows in this penthouse now are no. people going to see you masturbate oh, in the penthouse, your, yeah. so are people going to see you <laughs> masturbate your vagina you're going to be like re- standing up against the window like in that show Succession with McLady Culkin when he's masturbating on the glass. Is that going to be you? You're not going to masturbate on the glass, are you? And get a horrible no. old lady girlfriend? Or Does that show his penis in this? Only in a picture in the end, remember? No, they didn't. Oh, masturbating, okay. they don't show the penis. The only pe- time I showed the, they saw the penis is when they show like him handing the phone, the wrong phone. You saw it, right? You've watched Succession. I, you know, I only watched a couple, and I was like, oh, no. "This is just in your face with like cussing and like." Oh, no. Are you gonna get the? Check? Is he gonna leave it to you then? I'm the one who gets it uh, now. I was like, it's, 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 I cannot. It's a certain this. taste. Like, <laughs> it's a certain style of of drama or of comedy, I guess, that I love because, like, yeah. do you like? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> So you don't like these kinds of shows. Like I like it's it's a type of show where all the characters are horrible people. It's almost like a mini genre. Always Sunny is like that. Curb Your Enthusiasm is like that where it's like horrible people being nasty to each other and just completely nihilistic. And I just love it because I like that style. So, but I can see why you wouldn't. Well, that's why you like White Lotus, which oh, so good. That was his thing. Yeah. Who said that was his thing? Um. Mike White, which I was surprised that he who's actually Mike produced White? it. That's the guy who wrote and produced it. He's a, oh. he's a showrunner. Oh, I don't know for, about any of that, but oh, I just White. loved that yeah. show. God, loved it. He was he was in some kind of a weird movie back in the day, like Bud or something. Bud and Me. Mm-hmm. Let me look it up. Well, but it Bud was, and Me. You know, that sounds like something from that X Tube. Bud and Me, Jack Off, <laughs> Dark Cops. <laughs> it was. It was kind of like that, though. It was just kind of like I didn't know he this. He was on like Survivor. Uh-huh. 
You know, you know I got to tell you, this guy I used to work with at Pod Show years ago, Michael Butler, he has this show called, I don't know if he still does, called The Rock and Roll Geek Show. And I didn't know I was still friends with him on, on I like the guy. I didn't even remember if I was still friends with him on Instagram, but I guess he doesn't post on it. So he posted something yesterday that was so ridiculously offensive, but it was like a picture of, like a picture from Xtube. And then it showed a picture. It said, um, it said like, Interracial couple fucks up the whole country. No, interracial couple fucks the whole country, right? And it was like a porn title, and it's you see the X tube. The still of the porno was President Biden talking to Vice President Kamala Harris in chairs. Right? It was like so ridiculously offensive, but at the same time, so idiotic that I just was like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, I forgot this person was like, I thought he was cool because rock and roll geek, but then I remembered, oh yeah, he was actually kind of a Republican back then. So I guess he still it's is. It's so frightening when people pop out of the box and, and, and they're Republican. Yeah, maybe There's, he, um, yeah, because I don't, maybe he wasn't, but it is weird, yeah. I mean, not that I, like, I'm not, I don't like when people judge each other like that, honestly, like my, my, my lesbian wife goes to volleyball. She plays volleyball with all these hot gay men, and they're all like, they talk about Republicans like, oh, he's, he's a Republican. You know, like it's like a curse. Like if you talked about black people that way, you'd be in fucking jail. You can't. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, 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 mm -hmm. Let's back up. Yeah. Are these hot volleyball player guys yeah. white? Yeah. All white? Alt-white, yes. Alt-white. 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 Now... <laughs> Now, yeah, you know, I, I, it's not a blanket statement, uh -huh. but generally those guys, there's not a black man among them. That's right. And well, my wife is brown though, and she, yes. And they, they like, she's, is your wife hot? Yeah. But here's the thing. That's why she's there. They're the, when they, they're so, this is what's awful about it. She's always struggling to quit the team because they're like, it's all these like old white Queens, most of them on the older side playing volleyball and they're like so serious about it it's like gym class and yeah. you know and my wife is just there to have fun but like when when she fucks up or something or the ball doesn't go in the right place they say really nasty like, stuff ah. to her like what are you doing you fuck that up don't do that but any of the white people fuck up they don't say a word and my Not wife is like one of the best players yeah they're Too definitely Wong racist. Fu and Trader Joe's, honey. Definitely racist. Uh, <laughs> you just explained my life. Tu Wong Fu and Trader Joe's, honey. <laughs> what is the full name of that movie? Tu Wong Fu, Julie Newmar, Eat My Ass Out. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Thanks for everything, it's, it's, yeah. Lady yeah. Trader Joe. Well, Too, wait a minute. This yeah. is the Chuck and Buck. You've never saw the movie Chuck no. and Buck? No. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. It's a great movie. I've seen the Uncle writer Buck. of. Yeah, Chuck and Chuck and Buck is is like this kind of like maybe Asperger's like gay guy mm -hmm. like like some other guy. I can't remember if the other guy was gay or not, but it's like this awkward. It's I think he's straight. They grew up together, and mm -hmm. when they got to a certain age, it was like you know we've been hanging out, but you've got to you know one of those type of stories you got to move on your way. Oh. But the guy who wrote White Lotus is wrote that uh is is in 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 wrote that wrote chuck and buck and is the the kind of asperger's guy in, in that movie he wrote dead man on campus he wrote eight episodes of dawson's creek he wrote mm -hmm. um and that was three episodes of 
Freaks and Geeks, Orange County, The Good Girl, Pasadena, School of Rock. I haven't seen Earth anything you mentioned of those. Oh, anyway. But, uh, yeah. So, it's about the, the why did you ask if they're white in volleyball? Well, I mean, this is this is something that's just really, really... Because I was mentioning about here. the Republican thing, the way that they were like... They're very... Like, they were just completely, like, black and white, like... They were like, oh, he's a Republican. I would, you know, like as a slur. You yeah. Know? <clears throat> and I just yeah, think that's a bit juvenile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's very. The thing that happens here, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but going in for um, medical services, my primary care is the. Um, Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Center. Oh, Mazel tov. Um, Yeah, and so it's, uh, but going in there for service, I didn't recognize like the rifts, and I, it was I actually had to kind of be schooled on it myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after going there for a while, it became really obvious that there was a hierarchy. There was uh-huh. a lesbian, power lesbian, who started the clinic. It was a bunch of lesbians who started the clinic, like, in some kind of a storefront, like, back in the 70s or something. And it's grown into, like, five or six locations uh-huh. and housing and all kinds of things. So it's it's expanded. It's always had, like, a CEO, whatever she's called, that is a some kind of a power dyke. Oh, know, a CLO, chief lesbian officer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but... But the admin in charge is always a white gay male. Mm -hmm. And there was a lawsuit that happened within the last two or three years where people of color were like, you know what? We've been here as long as XYZ has been here. That person has been moved past me into an administrative position. Uh And I'm still in this, you know, underling position. And it was a a full on lawsuit. Um, the um, center uh, is in the middle of uh, one one of the locations is in the middle of Hollywood. They have housing for homeless youth. The bulk of what they have is African-American um, homeless youth. There's other people of other, other colors, other you know races, but the bulk of what they have are homeless African-American youth off mm-hmm. of Santa Monica who are usually out there turning tricks in their teens Um, they're rough they're rough around the edges and they're pulled into the system that is run by white people and Mm -hmm. is you know run by and so you know under normal circumstances you know if people are are dealing with their own stressors it's like okay we've got someone who's, who's going through some shit this is not about me this is about someone hurting but that's not what it is. They will call the police on these kids. They will put the, you know, like threaten to like, you know, put them out. It's it's insane. Any African Americans that come in and are like, you know, uh, this we we talked about Ashley Marie Preston, who was oh, yeah. you know on the the Dave Chappelle thing. She well, you were on the show one, about her too. Or... Yeah, she worked in the. Um, the homeless that like the housing unit as like an overnight tech or something went early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
she would come in and she'd have an opinion about one thing or another. They like swiftly got rid of her. Mm. And they were like, you know what, ma'am, you're, you know, and so they have this, this racial bias. So it's but that should whole, be changing. Or I should ask, is it changing though? Because there's a lot going no. on now with democracy and include democracy, diversity, inclusion. Now it's not, no, it's, it's not, not helping. Cause like it's, I know it's, in, it's, in my, we're in my field, which is, you know, something, but there, there's been huge changes because the uh, the clients require certain percentages of, you know, black people. I mean, they, they do, and it's in writing, and if you don't do it, they won't be your client anymore, you know? But I guess right, you don't right. have that kind of requirement there. You're talking about, um, it, it, um, yes. in terms of hiring? I don't know what yeah. has happened. It, there yes, in terms hiring, of hiring and just maintaining too. Just like it's it's not about hiring; it's about the people that work there. You know what I mean? Right. Which, so it's related to hiring, of course. But it's like you have to have at least this percentage of uh, maybe black people or yeah, working mm-hmm. as in this position, or we won't do business with you. That kind of thing. Right, right. I've never seen a black therapist there. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone in admin, you know, who's, you know, in charge of yeah. a department. Interesting. Um, I've seen because there's I don't I don't know if it's like that in Chicago, but it is interesting. No, these, I don't think the, it's like that. The, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, like, I know that the head of the Halstead Center is a Latino. He's been there a long time. Tico something. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I don't know. Tico Suave. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, though, because you mentioned that woman. What was her name, the trans woman you were just talking about? Oh, Ashley Marie Preston. Ashley Judd, yeah. Was she, how did that shoot go where you did the miniseries about her or something? What was it? Ashley Judd, right? You you played her, right? I can't remember. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where we got to the the set. She showed up. She's like, Mm. you're not portraying this mm. in the right light and she tried to eat me and we had to shut the shoot down eat your pussy um or... no just like hands and, and toes how like she tried to like you know start consuming me <laughs> she's like a cannibal <laughs> right exactly Ooh. she's like she's like bitch i'm hungry and did she check like, and make no. you get a covid test before she ate you at least no, she doesn't care about COVID. She, she says my stomach enzymes can handle anything. What about the plume? <laughs> I don't know what that is. What is that? Mm. Hello? No, hi. Hello? Hi. What? Hello? What? Hello? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> oh, you're not, you sent me to my K-hole. <laughs> but yeah, it's... it's um, it didn't really go that well, so we just kind of like. But the Republican thing, yeah. okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've written a pilot, and so oh. I've got, I've been sending it out. I'm, I'm a busy bitch, girl. That's why I'm mm. like taking a nap. Um, but I wrote this pilot, and so um, I've been sending it out to have it have different people read it. And one person is, she's she's in Atlanta. So I was like, she's, you know, she's a teacher in Atlanta. She is not really privy to, like, anything that's really, really progressive. And she's just, you know, she's Catholic. She's, like, you know, overweight. And she's, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, she's grading papers till she's like blue in the face and eating bonbons, you know, that's, so I'm like, you know, could you read it? Cause she's just, her perspective would be like, bitch, what is this? You know, cause right. she's just, it's not like her normal stuff. Yeah. So she read it and she's, she's like, um, you know, there's a, a portion where I mentioned MAGA and, mm-hmm. um, she said, you know, and this was a surprising thing. She's like, she's like, you know, that I was in charge of the Republicans for Reagan on what? campus in, co- in college. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was surprised. I was like, oh, my God. You know, what? she's like, you re- you do remember that, right? Oh, and I go, no, girl, I was so high during college. Right. I barely Thank remember God. anything other than us hanging out outside, you know, smoking cigarettes on breaks and shit like that. You know, <laughs> like, I don't really, you know, Thank I God. had oh, no God. idea. That's no disgusting. It's like 33 years ago. I hated was, Reagan you know, more than I hated any other president I could remember, even Trump. I mean, Reagan was just so offensive to me. Just the way he, he, he was just so superior, and he just had this moral superiority and thought Christians should run. He just wanted to make this country into a theocracy. And the way he was about AIDS, just ignoring it, and yeah. just thinking gay people are just garbage that just should deserve to just die with no respect. Yeah. He, was a, he was worse than Trump to me. Worse. Oh yeah, much yeah. worse. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. it's it, it amazes me that you know that agenda is still ringing true, and it's almost like yeah. you know uh, he was the precursor to someone like Trump, right? And someone, it's funny. I put up a a new photo on my Facebook page, <laughs> mm-hmm. and someone that I went to to high school with who said you know what oh my god you know this is really really great you need to be on my podcast and i was like hmm, let me check this out and see what his podcast is about yeah joe rogan no not no not even close it's it's there's a a a, a worthwhile theme mm-hmm. it's for people who have been sex trafficked oh yeah have it's you? kind of you know <laughs> You mean four meaning I, they're the guests or they're the listeners, like sex traffic people I as the target get audience? That, yeah, I didn't really get that deep into it. I think it's like they're they're supportive of, like, there was some girl at some point that was sex trafficked and she's since passed away, and that was oh, the theme of one of the podcasts. And But oh. I think they're like kind of a support, like, but at the same time, I, I listened and it was kind of insane. It was this whole there was a rant about you know we need people in office or people we need people in america who know what bathroom to go to and not like blah 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 you know was one of those i was like oh hell no bitch we'll just you know we're just gonna kind of let that go and it wasn't just and you know it was a this one particular person has like three or four different brothers and they were all just like hot in high school mm. and they're still kind of hot ish but are you putting I hot in quotes like, because the way you're saying it i feel like it's in quotes <laughs> air, are you doing air quotes with the my hot? whole body is my whole body is giving an air quote like my arms are flapping like hot ish you know? okay. <laughs> like a bird so, hot ish so i was right yeah <laughs> she, she hot yeah 
Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it, oh, wait a minute. I wonder if we still have time. Oh, I can't. I can't play it through the. Where no, please here. don't. It'll fuck me. It'll fuck me. <laughs> There's this. Um, I, I, you can send I, me a link if you text it. I can play it right now. But well, it's it's actually like a trading room. Oh, where no. like you know i can a- no, attend no. this room yeah it's a little bit complicated but the uh, and it's it's a trading room that's out of chicago with somebody who you know has been in like the trading for like 30 some odd years and it's kind of a savant mm. but i don't think they're really good with money or they went oh that's nice divorces. a trader yeah. that's not but, good with money that's really interesting <laughs> well i think that they're they're able to make a lot of money uh, they're, they're, they know how to make a lot of money, okay. but they've kind of fallen into this thing of like, this is a system of trading that really works. And there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are like, yeah, this shit works. And I've seen it in action and it does work. Just not and, for the person that created it. Well, he's a savant and he's like, I'm, t- I'm telling everybody. So he tries to have this room where he watches all of these different monitors, like 10 monitors. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is doing this over here. Everybody over here, this is doing this. And you're not supposed to f- supposedly follow everything, but you're supp- if you hear something that's, you know, that's useful for you, that's something that you're already following, then he's offering that information. So no. I think, I, I just think that he's, he's like, got burnt up by a relationship like a divorce or something and yeah. you know and so now he charges like anywhere from nine hundred dollars to fifteen hundred dollars a year to be a part of this this trading room and he's you know i don't i can't tell if he's like a republican or a democrat you know yeah um but uh he's he's always like you know yeah the, the way his voice sounds he sounds like he's doing like the right right Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper, you know, like, yeah, watch that. Yeah, Facebook is going up. Ah, ah, it's going to two, two, two. Yeah, coming in your mouth, just in your face. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just sounds like he's, you know, he's like doing this commentary that just kind of, you know, like underneath it all is like some kind of a porn scenario. Like, I'm going to come in your mouth, just in your face. Yeah. You got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the QQQ? We just went up on the Nasdaq. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't would, even. Some days. Have I told you since I was in El Salvador? Have I talked to you? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not at all. Oh, it was so no. weird, Berbatia. So weird because, like, you know, I mean, we went there. It's the big, the big, we went, we stayed at the Bitcoin beach, right? And it was just like, so strange. Cause like I pictured paved roads. Yeah. There were, there weren't uh-huh. like, the, it was weird. But the thing is like the, the thing, you know, cause you, you know, this type of personality, that trader personality, they're always promoting something. So they're sort of like the weird thing was that this Bitcoin beach was kind of founded by the reason it became Bitcoin is because there were uh, Christian missionaries that came there to help the people there. And you know, Mm. Christian missionaries, they're going to, because they want to spread the word of Jesus Christ. Right. But so what they do is they make a better life for these people. They're like, and by the way, here's some Jesus, you know, eat it out. And so it just, so the, the Bitcoin just came in as a coincidence because they found some donor who wanted to donate a lot of money, but they said, you got to keep it in Bitcoin. So they built a whole, 
you know, economy around Bitcoin just basically because of this. So what you have is this. You so what I what it made me realize is that there's this huge intersection of evangelism and Bitcoin because wow. evangel because that's what Bitcoiners do is they are they evangelize Bitcoin. Oh, I and see. You, what you mean. You not not the actual religion. No, well, some do both, but the problem was. The, the the tricky thing is that the evangelists they don't talk about the Christian evangelists, they kind of hide it under the ta- under the rug. Like like I asked this guy John Peterson because he was at a dinner. I was I'm like, oh, you're you're a Christian evangelist. What denomination? Because I used to work for the East Evangelical Covenant Church, so I know a little bit about that. And he said, oh, it's non-denominational. You know, they don't like. They very much try to hide the religious aspect of it. You know, and it's weird. Like I don't know why. Are they ashamed of it? Like, if you're there to convert people to Christianity, why would you not be proud of it? Why are you trying to hide that? It was. It's very strange. But then, like, but it made me realize. In addition to that, which is a whole weird subject, but the way that Bit Bitcoiners and you can see this on Twitter, like Bitcoiners were always like they'll elevate any tweet that says something amazing about Bitcoin. Like, if they'll say something clever, like for example, Bitcoin is peace. Oh, everybody will retweet that. Any any like clever thing that why you should buy Bitcoin. So it's like. They they pump it in a way that's really just like to get everybody excited and and buy Bitcoin to raise the price, right? That's what they do, and so but so the whole like Bitcoin Beach was in a way a metaphor for that. And <laughs> there's certain people like interesting, it, yeah. I might, but okay. So like, I'll give you an example. So I'm and so the first day we were there was Max Kaiser's birthday. So we went to his birthday party. There were about ten people there. And it was a beautiful party, and they had this delicious, fresh fish and all this. But so I was—I I met this girl there, and her name is—I well, don't want to say her name, but she's in. She's she has a company. She's like a rich lady, and she's a bit she's a bitcoiner, and she has this company that's basically venture capital for Lightning Network stuff. So they invest in people that are doing Lightning Network. But the thing is, here's what's funny, and there were a couple other like weird rich people there. Some investing types one guy has a big youtube channel that's really popular for investors and but and they're all like the weird thing was like they all assumed that because i'm there that i'm one of these rich people i am not by any stretch of the imagination rich not at all right if i was rich i wouldn't be fucking working at a job cam okay cam <laughs> wait a minute what Kim, the homeless woman, just came in and she said, uh-huh. that bitch is rich. I don't care what she said. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she was. She said, I'm lying, bitch. Anyway. Yeah, he li- okay, I get it. It was all relative. With, but, with, her, with her, her good teeth. <laughs> but but the thing, my teeth aren't good. They're very crooked. Crooked because I didn't wear my retainer. But so, like, this girl's, like, saying, so she's, so we walked her home, me and my, my lesbian wife, we walked her home because her hotel was right next to ours. And and she said, thank you for walking me home. She's like, I really don't feel safe because, you know, there's a lot of crime in El Salvador and the new president's bringing it down. But, like, I'm afraid to go in an Uber and I'm, like, afraid to, <laughs> to like, even go to the hotel. But I'm like, well, we'll walk you to the hotel. It was, like. 50 feet away at this point. She's like, no, I think I'm okay. So we watched her walk to her hotel. She's like, oh, people get raped. You know, it's not safe. She's like, you know, and the, she said the new president has been working very hard to for the crime, but as a woman, she can't, as a single woman, she can't really do anything alone. Um, but guess what? So then I saw her on a TV show last week, right? I'm not going to say which one. 
it's kind of obvious if you know me. But I saw her on a, an international TV show last week, and and my wife watches it first because she's up. She's like, "Look, so and so's on t- this the show." Like, but she's talking about how safe it is in El Salvador. And then I like, I'm like, "Okay, I'm too tired." So, but the next day, I wa- or this was at night actually. But then the next morning, I watch it. This bitch is on there telling the host. The host says, "How is it in?" In El Salvador, like, how do you feel? Are you, do you feel safe here? Because people say it's not safe. And and she says, oh, it's so safe. I can go everywhere. I take the bus by myself. I can take an Uber. I feel totally safe as a single woman. No problem. You know Kathy Woods lies. Who's that? Kathy oh, Woods the ARC lady? The ARC? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're getting warmer, but it's nobody famous. But yeah, like... It, I was like, what? Like that, but that's when I'm, and see, I can give you a, a lot of other examples just like that. So, like, the thing is, like, if you listen to the way these people talk about Bitcoin Beach, like, everybody takes Bitcoin, it's amazing. No, there's one store in the Bitcoin Beach that sells like wine and, and bread during the day if you don't want to, you know, have to go 50 miles to like the fucking capital. And, and, and guess what? They don't take fucking Bitcoin, <laughs> they have an ATM next door. But there's a place where you can buy papooses, which is are these little fried foods, and they'll take, yeah, they'll take Bitcoin because it's right next to the Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Beach place. But like, <laughs> and then like, I was in the taxi, and the taxi, I'm like, I'll pay with Bitcoin, and then he's like, Oh no, you pay the hotel, the hotel will give me money, and so the hotel's like, uh, You have to pay the driver. So we then we pay the driver. He's like, Yeah, I'll take Bitcoin, but we're going to charge you 10 percent premium. So like, the point is. But if you listen to the way these people talk about it, it's like this huge revolution. My thing is like I'm in, you know, I I invested Bitcoin. I believe in it. But why do you have to exaggerate it? Just be honest, right? Just just right. tell the truth. They just made it legal tender in September, which is great. I wouldn't expect it to be accepted everywhere. But why do you? It's, these people are prone to like exaggeration in the same way evangelists are. Like, oh, Jesus is going to save you. You're going to like, you're going to get a huge mm-hmm. cock in the afterlife and fuck virgins. <laughs> No, you're yeah, fucking not. Yeah, my mouth, just in my face, yeah. Yeah, right. That too. Now I forgot what I was talking about. But yeah, spit in the mouth, jizz in the face. Exactly. That's a perfect metaphor for the whole thing. Like, why can't I just, wow. it's, but I just thought it was interesting. I don't really have a point here. But the intersectionality of the, the evangelists and the Bitcoiners, I, I just think the whole thing is interesting. Plus, it's, yeah. uh, so then I asked my friend at the end, because I'm like, you know, there's no gays here. And I'm, I'm being naive. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, we should build like a clothing optional gay resort here. It'd be perfect because it's beautiful and there's no gays and gays need to go to Bitcoin, you know, and gays need to support Bitcoin. And this would be perfect, you know, and and, and, and you have to have your clothes off because gays won't go anywhere where you can't be naked. And it would be <laughs> wonderful. And the, the property is cheap. You get a beachfront, you know property for like a million bucks and build a hotel and then you know in a few years it's worth 10 times that whatever so i asked yeah. my my friend about that and they said uh i said what do you think could you do a closing optional resort she's like they're like oh no <laughs> she's like she said these people just con- converted converted to evangelical christianity because because the catholic church was too liberal so here I thought the reason there's no gays is because they're having that gays haven't gone there. No, then I realized, oh, they actually hate gay people here. Interesting. They ran them out of town. 
Mm. But then I I hear your friend, your squirrel friend is from El Salvador. And then it's like, that's the, that's, that was the missing link, you know? That's, you know, it's funny. um, There's um, an area called Westlake, which Mm -hmm. is where, what is that girl? It's in Los Angeles. um, Helen Keller? No, not Helen Keller, but this, um, uh, the Black Dahlia. It was like Black Dahlia. In that area. Like, who was the Black Dahlia? Um, the one who had Whitney sex Houston? with Fatty Arbuckle yeah. and was murdered and like her body was severed in half. This is kind of fits the squirrel motif, oh. but the body was severed in half. And so um, I think they mm. think it was because she was che- uh, having sex with somebody who was in a relationship. And then he was like, I got to like keep her quiet and all this stuff. But in that area, um, there um, is a lot of El Salvadorian um immigrants and um mm-hmm. you know it's um it's kind of this like down low type of thing mm. like i i yeah it's very down low um not like hey this is up you know about board shame. dark shame yeah a lot yeah. of shame. it's like of, you feel it you know like because you're really sensitive to those things i'm maybe yeah. not as much but you could feel a weird vibe, and it wasn't until the end when my friend told me that I'm like, "Oh, that's what that weird vibe is. It's fucking homophobia." Oh yeah, because it was like They're, weird, like the way people would kind of keep their distance in a weird way. Yeah, and it almost seemed like they were maybe talking behind our backs, which I, you know, it was just weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, or you know, or and and there's also the this other thing of like you know they're gay mm-hmm. but they don't want to appear to be gay of course. so they're like we we better not say anything to this yeah. openly gay couple you know lesbian couple lesbian you know? right thank you for remembering <laughs> and then i'm like then there was this one girl and it was weird because she had the same line okay so at this hotel where we're staying it's weird like everybody has their own kind of like lounge chair for two i, I almost mm. like a cabana thing so our, ours said Madge and Lesbian Lover and, and on chalk, right? So every, they have a nameplate. You got your reserved chair with the name. Oh, wow. So, and there's a, there was a chair at the same, at the pool and, it, ha, and it, it had a woman's name and it was the same last name as me except for one letter, which is very unusual to have Weinstein. There aren't usually too many Weinsteins except for Harvey, but that's another story with the jizz. But, but then, so I like, I was kind of stalking her. I'm like, are we related? Cause she had a big nose. She was outspoken, very sarcastic. And then like I Googled, she's like, I don't think so, but I Googled her. She's the vice mayor of Sausalito, California. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. That is so weird. Can, I could, yeah. Is Sausalito like a, a hotspot or? I mean, you're the one from California. I don't know. I have no idea. I, that's I, why I was like, I've oh, heard of I've it. never. I've heard so of vice well, mayor of social but so I want to tell you something. Um, I got this because I was to- we we're talking about Helen Keller. I saw on Instagram yeah. this very strange bumper sticker, and it just says Helen Keller denier, and then it says with an X over it. It says ain't no way, right? And I feel that, <laughs> don't you? Like, didn't you always wonder? Like, that doesn't seem like it's real, right? Helen Keller having being blind and like learning yeah, blind stuff. and deaf and mute, but she knew how to do everything. It sounded with <laughs> with Joanne Woodward and all that shit, right? That was that was back when they allowed 
uh, cocaine in Coca Cola. Yeah. So she could have. It could have. I mean, like it's, it is weird. Like how the fuck? It ain't no way. It's, I like. I'm, I really think it's cool that there's a movement of telling Keller deniers. I think it's cool. Because <laughs> that is like, hilarious. Yeah. I'm looking. Oh, this. Oh, that's where it's Marin County. It's very shushu peepee. What is shushu peepee? Right what, is this wine country? Yeah, it's oh. it's Marin County. That explains it's her. Up near um, mm. uh, San Francisco ish. Like Mom, the it's, TV show Mom. I think that's there. Yeah, well, it's, good for it's her. across the bay from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. She was it's really prob- cool. It's, she was taking it's, an immersive Spanish class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was immersing. It's where San Francisco. Did um, she have Taco Bell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> would have been really well, expensive. Well, speaking. And this fucking trip was so goddamn expensive. It's fucking third world. It should have been cheap. I came back broke. I have to pay my my mortgage uh, on Monday. Not mortgage. What do you call that? Property taxes on Monday. I got. I had to take money out of my investment account because I'm fucking broke from this stupid trip into the third fucking world where everything's so Did wonderful. But you, you planned it like way ahead of time, right? I mean, a month, which is pretty far ahead for me. Usually, I just do everything last minute. Well, you know. He- the hotel I've was cheap, but they nickel and dime you. Oh, okay. The the COVID test to go home, which was just a stupid antigen test, should have been like ten bucks each. It was eighty dollars each because they have to a doctor has to drive from the city. It's just ridiculous. That's such bullshit. Ugh. Would they allow you to take a take one with you? Take a, like a doctor a, a home a home test with you? No, um, but there is a way. But I found this out too late. But um. There's a EMED, I think it's called, and you can buy the test, but you have to buy them in America, and it there and you and then they take the test, you take the test on Zoom, and a doctor watches you and certifies it through mm-hmm. like email mm-hmm. or some shit. So, but it was too late. Okay, it's such okay. a fucking racket. It sounds like it. I'm gonna yeah. like send you through Zoom a picture of Sausalito, which oh. is like right on the water. Oh my god, is it pretty? Is the vice mayor yes. in the picture? No, she's 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 not in oh. the picture. But I, if this will go through, I'm not sure if it, the, will. I, yeah, it should be able to in the zooms. But the audience can't it was a, see it because there's no picture for them. Oh my God, that's a long link. Google yeah, Maps. It was, it, it's also, it was oh, it's, map. Yeah. it's beautiful. It looks like Italy, except with shitty houses. Yeah, I mean shitty. Yeah, not shitty houses. You know, just new and new construction. Like the wow. but that's that's my thing though. That's you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, Sausalito. Um, now you tell me, I could have stayed in touch with this bitch. Yeah, Sausalito, Zillow to see what that. Yeah, is. let's see. This this is my life. I'm like, uh, okay, how much is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how much is it? Homes for sale in Sausalito. But yeah, you know, uh, speaking of like uh, Latin America. Um, I have just recently given up my gym membership to Latin Crunch in Van Nuys. Oh dear! When I first, yeah, when I first came to Los Angeles, I was like for two years I was at um, the West Hollywood Crunch, mm-hmm. which I was not even conscious of, of what was going on there. But I, 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 I definitely know that I was being profiled. I was mm-hmm. basically stalking someone that was uh, an instructor at a, a, a at a fitness class that 
I was truly in love with, but you know, that never worked out. Um, and they became, um, a trainer to the stars. Um, and now, uh, and then I, uh, a few years later, I went to crunch Burbank and I was there and that was a nightmare because Burbank is like old school, like literally over the last five years, it just like their whole racist police department came to light. Like there was an investigation the head, the chief of police uh, committed suicide because it was getting closer. There was like a lot of stuff. I had lived there at one point. I was, you know, I would go to the gym and if I was driving quickly and getting through traffic, cause I knew what ways to get through traffic quickly, like literally a, a, a police cruiser would follow me all the way up into this shopping mall, like multi-level parking lot and like sit behind me to see what I was actually doing. Mm. It's crazy. So I, you know, and, and it was just insane at that, that particular, but there was like this layer of, okay, I'm just going to deal with it. I'm just here to work out. And I just kept telling myself, I paid my membership. I'm here to work out like fuck all this. And, and it, it just got to the point where it was like, this is fucking way too much mm-hmm. when they were locked down, but they kept charging a gym maintenance fee mm-hmm. for an empty gym. Mm. And so I charged all that shit back. I, you know, I, I canceled the, oh, the membership. Yeah. And then, you know, um, and what else? Yeah. They were doing that. There was something else that they were doing. Um, but yeah, so they were, mm. uh, they were chart, you know, and uh, that's it. Gym maintenance fee. And whenever, when they reopen, all that fucking gym equipment mm. was fucking broken. I, oh. I hate that shit where the gyms will charge a gym maintenance fee and you go in and their shit is broke, you know, you, you know, signs on it and shit. And it's not just like one day, it's there for like weeks and months of time. Yeah. So anyway, I quit there. That was two corporate crunches. Mm. I went to the lat- local Latin crunch, which is locally owned. It's, it's, you know, it's a, a franchise. And of course, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a pussy party up in there. Like everybody's just like, okay, I'll meet you in the bathroom, you know. And it's just obvious, and Ooh, you know, a so, pussy party. Yeah. Huh? What do you mean a pussy party? A Lesbian? pussy party, Lesbian? dick party. Oh. Every, you know, what's wrong with that? Cruise. Nothing wrong with it, but you know, I'm. You know, I'm 57. Mm-hmm. The the median age, you know, and I, there were other people that were my age and older, but the median age was like 25 to 35. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting hit on by like dick alert. You you smile at somebody like in dick an alert. old person way. Yeah, dick alert. <laughs> like you know, pussy alert. Whatever. You know, it didn't really yeah. matter. I was you know, so you smile at somebody like hi. I hope you're having a nice day, and you know. I honor the <laughs> I honor the universe inside of you, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, you ready?" The Queen <laughs> I'm going outside. Can you see? Get, follow me. You know, right? It was a little bit much. There was no like, "Hey, you know, how you doing?" Like, "Oh, would you like to like meet for coffee?" Or, "Oh, you, you want to get married?" I got you. 
not even married, but just like go out on a date, you know, like, so I get to know you. So I get to get a little warm up and I'm like, you know, oh, well, that one likes to get, you know, that eaten out this way. And I could pull that open here. And like, you get to know the energy of the person, mm-hmm. whereas this kind of like fast food, like, you know, come and have sex with me in the bathroom. It's, like, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 a whole thing and it's it's frightening and i've done it before it's it's, it's a frightening thing where it's like oh my god you never know if somebody's gonna walk in and you know and if there's layers of of like denial on top of it you don't even know that you're scared right you don't even and and, and that's how people i've never been arrested but that's how people get arrested <laughs> in bathrooms and stuff like that. Cause they, they have no idea. They've got these layers of like, we're doing this, you know? Oh. And there's, yeah. So, well, you know, I, it just, it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. If you look in your chat, the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, uh, the zoom chat, you'll Come see in. that I did send you the profile for my, uh, long lost cousin, the mayor of Sa- the vice mayor of Sausalito, California. So, but don't say, anything you know related to her no, no. email because i might have changed oh uh, yeah see? she's right? like coming my mouth just in my face yeah she could be she could be my c- cousin easily right yes exactly right? yes yes yeah yeah that name one letter off yes listen to this coming my mouth just in my yeah face. but she yeah. says it says so and so holds a master's <laughs> degree in public affairs come loud what Come loud, yes. Come loud. She's like, Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe. Well, I have, I have a fucking new neighbor downstairs. I don't even know. I've never seen this person. Yeah. I and I did, wouldn't even know that they were there unless I hear like little like movement, like mm. when the whole part, the whole building is quiet. And I can hear like a little movement down there. They're very quiet. I'm sure you know. They hear. I'm sure they hear everything. And so I'm up here like. Anyway, I gotta go. I gotta eat. It's been lovely. Um, I'm glad we had this time and yeah, togethered. And, um, you I, ate it. You ate it up already, girl. I don't know why you need to go have another meal. You I didn't need nothing. Okay. I, I'm starving to death. I'm not a. I'm thin giving woman. you another. I'm a growing I'm girl. Another, I know. I, I'm giving you another slang. Like when you, it's really good. You like ate it up, girl. Yes. She ate it. She ate that she shit. Does. Yeah. Yes, she ate it. That little shorty. <laughs> <laughs> Come in your mouth, yeah. just in your face. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. What's this? What's this? That's yeah, my that, insides. That. That's my walls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hit it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Perbasia. It's been so lovely. Have a wonderful <laughs> uh, weekend. You have a wonderful day. Okay. Good, good to talk to you. Yeah, Thank you. you. Bye, Annie. And they, they ain't full of beam. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Leslie Quince, Howard Hughes' most trusted assistant. This is indeed an historic moment. This afternoon, 27 of the most respected names in American journalism are gathered here in this phone booth. They are here for an illuminating telephone interview with the mysterious, elusive, controversial, exciting, rich millionaire. Does anybody here have a dime? Oh, I got a nickel. 
Thank you. Does anybody have another nickel? Uh, just a moment. Moshe Greenbaum of the Tel Aviv Post here. <laughs> I pledge a nickel anonymous. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And now for the momentous phone call to Howard Hughes, owner of the world. Information. I'd like the phone number of Howard Hughes on Grand Bahama Island. I'm sorry, it's unlisted. The number is unlisted? No, the island is unlisted. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Here, I found it. Here it is. Caribbean One. Yes, go on. That's it. He's got the only phone in the West Indies. Castro had Caribbean Two, but he smoked it. Hello. Mr. Hughes, please. Howdy, baby. It's for you. He's coming out of the pool. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I can hear the squish of his sneakers. Uh, yes, who is this? Leslie Quince. Now, how do I know it's you, Quince? Give the secret password. Allegaroo, allegory, allegora, allegorother. Instead of writing a book, Clifford Irving, why don't you write your mother? No, that was yesterday's password. I'm sorry, H.H. I don't know today's password. Right. We didn't have one for today. I'm a tycoon. I got better things to do than just sit around making up passwords. Are you comfortable, Mr. Hughes? Good. Ladies and gentlemen, now for the unraveling of the greatest enigma of the 20th century. The answer to some of the most fascinating mysteries of our time. The words that the entire civilized world has been waiting to hear. Sorry, your three minutes are up. Uh, Mr. Hughes, are you a self-made man? Well, my mother and father did have a little to do with it. Well, then you were born with money. Oh, yes. When the doctor first brought me into the world, he held me upside down and slapped me. And? Two nickels and a dime fell out of my navel. Howard, where do you stand politically? Well, I don't pay too much attention to politics. I'm a lifelong Democrat. I voted for Roosevelt every time, and I'm going to vote for Truman. What about Johnson and Nixon? They should vote for Truman, too. Uh, that's a big challenge. No, Howard, you see, Truman was elected 20 years ago. He was? How do you like that? You don't see a newspaper for a couple of days, you miss out on everything. Howard, don't you have a newspaper delivered? No, they're full of germs. They're full of germs? Of course. That's why they call the boys carriers. <laughs> Think about it. At one time, I was very close to Howard Hughes, and very frankly, sir, I am not sure that you are the true, original, and genuine, authentic Howard Hughes. You can ask any question you want. All right, Mr. Hughes, or whoever you are. How many toes do you have on your left foot? Five. Well, that's good enough for me. That's him all right. <laughs> Howard, you seem very reticent to talk about good deeds, and yet you've contributed millions of dollars toward medical research. Well, I suppose I've done my part. I contributed $40 million to wiping out Russian measles. There's no such thing as Russian measles. Well, then it was money well spent. 
understand that you also established a foundation to eradicate German measles. Yes, East German measles. Uh, East German measles? Yes, you break out in barbed wire. Well, you certainly put your money where your mouth is. Well, I don't trust banks. Do you think science will ever find a cure for the common cold? I financed a mobile clinic in Warsaw, Poland to cure the common cold. Has it helped them anyway? Well, we're making progress. We haven't stopped the runny noses in Poland, but already we've taught 26% of the population to go... What else have you contributed in the field of medical research? I just established the People's Pimple Clinic in Hershey, Pennsylvania. (laughs) We get rid of pimples. We hammer them back into the skin. Do you think people can be helped to live longer? Definitely. I just established a medical center in Miami to fight the number one killer in the world, natural causes. What is the natural cause of death? Would you mind repeating the question? I said, what is the natural cause of death? Life. Time... McGraw-Hill. I hate to bother you, Mr. Hughes, especially when you own the phone company, but I have an emergency call for you. Put him through. Hello, Mr. Hughes. This is the McGraw-Hill editor who authorized paying the $650,000 to Clifford Irving. I want to tell you my side of the story, although it's going to take a long time. I'm busy. Write to me. Pick up a pen. I can't from where I'm calling. They won't let me have anything sharp. (laughs) Mr. Hughes, is it true that you have money in banks all over the world? No, all of my money on earth is in good old United States of America banks. All of your money on earth, huh? Of course, I do have a rather large savings account on Mars. On Mars? I wanted to put it where my creditors wouldn't lay their hands on it. And besides, they gave me an electric toaster. (laughs) An electric toaster? Yeah, up there they make love to them. It's very erotic, if that's what turns you on. But, but... An electric toaster? Don't knock it if you haven't tried it. But everything's different on Mars. For example, up there, white bread is a venereal disease. (laughs) Well, how do they treat it? With mayonnaise shots. (laughs) Mr. Hughes, what about the allegation that you like to hold meetings in parked cars? Very true. If I could ever find a place to park. Once I had to buy a car that was parked to have a meeting And you always hold the meetings in the back of the car, eh? Have to The front is always filled with money Well, what kind of car do you drive? A 1954, 56, 57, 58 Blue, green, red, yellow Pontiac Oldsmobile DeSoto Edsel Mm -hmm. What's the reason for that? In case we have an accident, confuses the witnesses (laughs) Mr. Hughes, one of your ex-girlfriends said you like to shave in bed Should a man be condemned for something like that? But these were her legs (laughs) 
<laughs> Howard, I'm the nightclub editor of the Watchtower, and I'm interested in money. Good boy. So many rich people never get to see or feel <coughs> their money. Feeling money should be an Olympic sport. <laughs> and you'd probably be the champ. Exactly. It's the only way to live. Wake up in the morning, a brisk walk to the vault. <laughs> Dampen your money grabbers and start counting. Ah, oh, what a wonderful feeling. I know all the presidents by heart. <laughs> 258 million, 627,912 and 38 cents. 258 million, 627,912 and 39 cents. 258 million, 627,912, 40 cents. Mr. Hughes, the man to put the blowout patch on your sneakers is here. Go away, I'm busy. Two hundred and fifty-eight million six hundred and twenty-seven thousand nine hundred and twelve and forty-one cents. Mr. Hughes, this can't wait. Two hundred and fifty-eight million six hundred and twenty-seven thousand nine hundred and twelve and forty-two cents. But Mr. Hughes, it's important. Darn it! Now you mixed me up. Oh well. One, two, three. Are you a member of any organized political party? No, I'm a Democrat. (laughs) (laughs) Have have you ever contributed to the Republican Party? Indirectly. I loaned Nixon's brother a couple of bucks for his drive-in restaurant. They were putting out a Nixon burger. A Nixon burger? That's baloney with everything. Another spiral agnew. Do we need another one? <laughs> oh, if you don't want to run for president, who would you endorse? Well, I thought about Mayor Lindsay, after all. He came up with a wonderful method for removing snow in New York. What's it called? August. <laughs> like to see Mayor Lindsay as president. Well, he'd be my second choice. Who's your first choice? Anybody else. Anybody? I figure Colonel Sanders might make a good president. I can see him there in the White House, sitting on his revolving bucket. (laughs) Plucking chicken. Oh, a chicken plucker for president? You don't have to be a lawyer, you know. If the election were being held today, who would you support? Definitely President Nixon. After all, he kept us out of Northern Ireland. (laughs) I have a telephone call for you, Mr. Hughes. The Dry Hall Real Estate Company. Hello. Mr. Hughes, I'm returning your call. I understand you're interested in buying some more land. Yes, I can use about 20 square miles of desert. 20 square miles of sand? For a hotel? No, I have a very large cat. <laughs> Mr. Hughes, telephone call. Yes? There's somebody on your other end. That's ridiculous. I'm me on both ends. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Hughes, this is McGraw-Hell. 
You mean McGraw-Hill? No, ever since McGraw started with you, it's been hell. Uh, what's on your so-called mind? Well, we've decided not to publish the life of Howard Hughes' mystery man. Instead, we're going to publish the story of Clifford Irving. Good idea. He's a real mystery man. How his wife lets him fool around with chicks all over the world would be a mystery to any man. Uh, Mr. Hughes, I'm with the legal firm of Frick and Frack, the ice skating lawyers. <laughs> I've got a subpoena which requires you to testify in court about the authorization of your life story. I don't accept any subpoenas. Then I'll come around and shove it under your door. I have no doors. No windows, no transom, and no keyholes. Well, then where can I shove it? Exactly. <laughs> Wolfgang Gomez of the Argentine Daily Messerschmitt here, Mr. Hughes. <laughs> there was some controversy about your large wooden seaplane during the war. Which war was that? World War II. You remember, the one that put Warner Brothers back on its feet. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hughes, the word is out that you're associated with the Mafia. Any comment on that? Not a word of truth, and I swear to God, Father. Uh, Mr. Hughes, you've acquired an enormous amount of property in the desert. Why the desert? Because when I was a kid, my parents never let me have a sandbox. Oh, yeah, you say that, but what's the real reason? Well, you see, I got all this money from TWA. And it was after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and the banks were closed. Oh, but $640 million, couldn't you wait? Well, you know how it is when you have a little extra change jingling in your jeans. <laughs> Howard, I'm Carl Gatsby of the Orange County Wife Swapper and Green Sheet. <laughs> Would you mind telling us how you spend a typical day? Well, I'll tell you what I did this morning. Every two weeks, I do what every American seems to be doing. All right, sir. Go to window C for your unemployment check. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah? What can I do for you? I'd like to apply for my $65. You can bet me. Your name? Howard Robard Hughes, Jr. Uh, your address? Suite 910, Desert Inn, Las Vegas, Nevada. Desert Inn. Uh, 6600 Romaine Street, Hollywood, California. 906 West Dover, Houston, Texas. 312 Park Avenue, New York, New York. 6 Casa Grande, Acapulco. 11, 11 Downing Street, London, England. Room 9, Grand Britannia Beach Hotel, Bahamas Island. Oh, the heck was And in Bayonne, New Jersey... In Bayonne, New Jersey, I have a post office box. Is that where you get your mail? No, that's where I sleep. <laughs> I get my mail in other places. Please, may I have my money? Oh, well, just a moment, Mr. Hughes. I have to have a code number for your occupation. What line of work are you in? I'm a tycoon. Okay, let's check the job directory. Tycoon. Is that with a... T, yeah. Taylor, I'm sorry, we don't have anything listed on the Tycoon. What exactly have you been doing? Well, for the last 12 years, I've been hiding. Alrighty, let's look under hiding. Uh, no, I'm afraid it's not in here either. Is there something else you do? 
Well, I fly a little. Oh, forget that. We're loaded with interior decorating. <laughs> now, uh, now, what are you wearing as a tycoon? Eight million dollars. Is that a week or a month? Uh, a day. Is that an eight-hour day? No, I usually work about 20 hours a day. Oh, well, that explains it. Overtime. You can really suck it to them with the overtime. You're a day worker. We have some openings for day worker. Uh, do you do windows? Just the inside. I never go out. Oh, that's too bad. Now, tell me, Mr. Hughes, what else can you do? I was in the movie business. Oh, for... you're better off hiding. <laughs> what else? I once flew a wooden seaplane down at Long Beach. I got it eight inches off the ground. Why only eight inches? Afraid of height. <laughs> well, that cuts out crushing grapes. Also, mountain climbing, ski instruction. Let's get back to hiding again. Exactly, what does hiding entail? Well, I get up in the morning and I hang around a lot. Uh-huh. I let the time go by, I loiter a little, take a coffee break, I twiddle my thumbs, then I thumb I twiddle. <laughs> I loiter some more, yawn here and there, one lip at a time. I do some light breathing, relax, and accomplish absolutely nothing, and for that I get a check every Thursday. Oh, you work for the government. <laughs> It's not government work. It's just plain, ordinary hiding. I see. Now, uh, where do you do your hiding? Doesn't matter. Any place there's a drawn window shade, a closed Venetian blind, a dark room. Gee, you could raise mushrooms. (laughs) Now, uh, just fill out these forms and come back next week. Thank you. Next. Your name, sir? Robert Mayhew. Can I have your number and let me call my, my manager and I-